Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. <laughs> hey, Mark. Hi, Liz. What are you doing? Mowing my grass. Hey, that's a lot. Morning. Yeah. Um, we have just sold our lawnmower, oh. and we're waiting for a lawn service guy to start coming mm-hmm. and but he's like it'll be like three weeks i'm like three weeks Ooh, that doesn't s- po- yeah i'm like well maybe well. we should find another yard guy who's not so busy mm-hmm. so we have a push mower and so rob duran my husband mm-hmm. push mowed our lawn, lawn the other day and we have like a good half acre yeah so least, i felt yeah. real sorry for him yeah but at the same time my lawn looks real nice <laughs> yeah it makes and him look nice too guess what up. i'm back from paris you are Yay! you are tell us about it so i survived all the flights <sighs> i only How? had two xanax for six flights not enough. i really should have called my doctor you know because i'm like one of those weirdos i, I don't i'm scared of pills you know, yeah. I don't recreationally take pills. Yeah. And even when I knew I needed it for a flight, mm-hmm. I was just, I didn't know if it would make me sleepy or sloppy or mm-hmm. I'd forget something, mm-hmm. you know, because if I have too much to drink, I might forget like the next day, like I said, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> and I don't want to be like that on vacation. So anyway, I saved it for the big flights, my Xanax. Okay. So that I could sleep on the way to Paris and I could try to nap on the way home because mm-hmm. the thought of being in a plane for nine hours mm-hmm. just kind of had me on edge. Right. But the trip was great. Good. Everything was wonderful. It was everything I wanted it to be. It was exactly what I thought it would be, which is really cool. So I wasn't disappointed, but I also wasn't like shocked mm-hmm. that things were different you know, mm-hmm. than what I thought. So it was great. We had a wonderful time. But on Tell everybody where you went. Oh, right. We <laughs> I went to Paris with my oldest daughter. Yep. And then we also went to Florence. Italy. Italy. Yes, because uh, yeah, not South Carolina. <laughs> Cuz I had heard I am a tour guide here in Charleston, South Carolina where we live, and I have had so many people come on my tour and say that Charleston is one of their favorite cities in the world and they always mm-hmm. list Florence as another one. And I mm-hmm. thought, well, we're going to the big city of Paris. Let's go to the small town of Florence, uh-huh. which comparatively is much smaller, and kind of get a different European vibe because, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever be back right. at Europe. This was the trip of a lifetime for me. I've been saving up for years to do mm-hmm. it. So who's to say? So mm-hmm. I thought, well, let me see these two things. And Paris was like an expected level of a crowd of people, like going to New York City. Mm-hmm. So I, it wasn't overwhelming, but there were so many people in Florence. Really? It was like being in Disney World. Really? And our tour guide told us that 67 million people visit Florence a year. Uh, I think they were all there the week yeah, I was there. Right. But 7 million people a year. Seven million. That's a lot. That's like... 25% of the U.S. population. I know. That's cr- And they were all whatever. in Florence in their cargo shorts and their flip-flops. <laughs> you can spot the Americans a mile away, I'll tell you right now. But only 7 million people a year visit Charleston. And we think Charleston is crowded and busy. Wow. So that's a... I mean, and then all I could think was... Please don't ever let Charleston become Florence. Mm-hmm. Because all of our tour guides, none of them live in Florence. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that they can't afford to. It's just that the people who own property in Florence are Airbnb in it. They can make so much more money than uh, having a renter. Right. So you can't find a place to live in wow. Florence. Wow. 
interesting. I know. And it wasn't like Charleston in that there were homes. I mean, it Mm -hmm. all seemed like everything was a business with home on top. Right. Right. So it's not like you can go buy. I mean, you can't you that that could never happen in Mm -hmm. Charleston Mm because these beautiful 7000 square foot homes Mm -hmm. are not going to be Airbnbs. Right. Right. So that but they still are unaffordable. So it was interesting. And eye-opening and exhausting right because Daphne and I are both big walkers and we 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 ended up walking a total of 36.5 miles okay for our entire trip how interesting the iPhone uh, told me that yeah no doubt <laughs> and right now my youngest daughter is in Japan that's right she went with Sophie a school trip to Japan she right. had a 14 hour <clears throat> flight yesterday yuck yeah yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it turned Triple out. Triple Xanax time. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, she doesn't care she about doesn't flying. She doesn't care, I'm She's sure. young. Yeah, you know, right. She thinks she's going to live forever, right. so she's not scared. So, so did you work on the diary while you were over there? Not, uh, well, a you little did. bit. No, I kept yes, up did. social media-wise. You sure did. But no, I right. did not. <laughs> yeah. But I thought about it a lot yeah, because yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always on my mind, this really great right. story, and I can't wait to get to it. But I did notice... I had like a big deja vu moment when I was putting up our Facebooks uh, for today because mm-hmm. that was episode eight. We've now caught up ah, to episode eight on the Facebook on the podcast. We're recording episode 10 today. Okay. So it's, I'm like, I'm hearing yes. these things twice yes. in my head. And I'm like, wait a minute. I just heard that. Yes. <laughs> it gets crazy. So because, it's getting really crazy for right. me. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like I can't, I don't know who's doing what yeah, no in doubt. what episode. No doubt. It's like I'm living in three different worlds. But but we you have it mapped out well. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. And yeah, I mean, we've, we're doing episode 10 right now. I've got 11 and 12 already planned out. Okay, so cool. we're, we're ready to go. So let's recap. Oh, do we recap before we go? Welcome to my grandma's diaries. Um, I think we do that first. Okay. Welcome to my grandma's diaries. <laughs> Okay, so let's do a little recap of episode nine. Okay. You know what? Before we do any of that, I had meant to do this earlier. We need reviews and stars on our podcasts. Okay. I think the only way that, I mean, we're doing great, and I'm so proud of all of our followers, and I'm actually excited about how many people are listening. But if you don't leave a little review or Mm -hmm. like even click the stars or Uh just thumbs up it or whatever your podcast app asks you to do we can't really get into the algorithm of things Mm -hmm. so this is our plea episode 10 please like us like like me (laughs) say something nice about me me. and uh, and help us out that way so that was my little plea for help at the beginning but episode nine let's talk about it Mm -hmm. what happened last week was that aunt grace bess's sister had died of breast cancer She'd actually had it for four years. So that was another tragedy for this family, losing someone. I mean, it's awful. During last episode, it was the 4th of July, and they went to the Bird family picnic, and we met so many people. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to keep it straight. Then we also took... took a little look at the rest of the world and we see big things happening in Germany. We talked about how they're not repaying their World War I Mm. debt. And that the Nazi party is rising to power really quickly. And basically last month, we just kind of covered uh, the month of July. So there was a lot going on, a lot of people to meet as she's settling down into farm life and life in a tent. But what we did notice was that she wasn't working. Mm-hmm. It wasn't every day picking. There's nothing being picked right now. So I guess this is a growing season. Mm-hmm. So she kind of had a month off, which made us wonder, how are they making money? I uh, said, so we don't know. That's that's a question. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if, I mean, 
I know they had cotton gins. I'm not sure if there well, were other... Well, the cotton other... hasn't been picked yet. Yeah, but from the previous season. Oh, well, mean, that would I have think, already been gone. I, I guess. Yeah. I'm wondering what they did do. I mean, there must have been some other source of income well, on the farm. Yeah, back in May, or was it May? Or maybe we haven't gotten... Oh, here we... Okay, here here, oh, here my brain goes. <laughs> of what year? <laughs> um, yeah, I know that they had to dig up all the old strawberry plants. Yes, they did. That's okay, right. Okay, so that has happened. So that's happened. something. Yes, so they that, did that, and she had yeah. to be in town for that. And yes. then I guess then that then they planted. So the farm working right now is you're planting, mm-hmm. it's growing, you're Milking watering it, you're weeding it, you're yeah. checking it for the bow weevil because right. the bow weevil is a thing. So I'm sure that's what's happening, and it doesn't involve people like Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. I guess this is the man's work or the mm-hmm. regular farm laborer's work, mm-hmm. and then the pickers. She comes in as a picker, right? But we'll get right. there. But right now, we ended last episode on July thirtieth of nineteen thirty-two, mm-hmm. where she said, "A terribly short month, but full of good times. Hope to have just as good a time, or even better, in August. And I hope it won't be just on Sundays." So. That little entry made me think, okay, yeah, the men are working. Sundays is the Lord's Day. Everyone's at church. Everyone's going to youth group. Mm -hmm. Everyone's having the picnics. And so I guess that's why Sundays. But Mm -hmm. here comes August. August 1st, 1932. Wrote letters to Bill, Lil, and Tommy. Francis and I sat out on the stile. Dean butted in and would hardly let us sing. After supper, we all hulled peas for dinner tomorrow. I could have gone with Tommy and Jesse last night. I get tired of being with one boy too long. Listen to her now. <laughs> She's always got those two boys going Good on. Lord. Um, and she mentions the style, and we're going to find her sitting out on that style a lot. Mm-hmm. And you did a great job of finding pictures of styles mm-hmm. for the videos that you make. But it just looks like a little ladder that kind of goes over the barbed wire fences yep. so humans can travel back and yep. forth. So I think it's a really pretty picture to imagine her and Francis sitting out there. Mm-hmm. I know they had cows. Oh, so yeah. the cows are mooing and, and they're singing and harmonizing. And then little Dean's like, I want to sing. And they're right. like, back off, little <laughs> You've got sister. it all in your mind. It's, That's just, great. it's a beautiful little yes, wholesome mm-hmm. shot. And I kind of love that. August 2nd, 1932. Francis and I washed, looked at the wish book, Sears and Roebuck, this morning. Mended paper dolls for Dean and Helen this afternoon. Francis fixed my eyebrows and I fixed hers. We heard Mr. Meyer's troubles. He sold his car. After supper, I finished a long letter to Pee Wee. Then Francis' mother and I lay out on the ground and sang. Gosh, it's so hot here. All about melted to nothing. I can only imagine how hot it is in August in Arkansas Mm -hmm. in a tent. Yeah, I mean, I think about them being cold, but being hot's got to be even worse. Because you want you got to open up those flaps, bugs and mosquitoes. Uh, Right. Right, Good. right. Did they have any kind of like, mosquito netting? Yeah. I mean, we don't know. She just doesn't talk about it. But when she talked about Mr. Meyer's troubles yeah. and how he sold his car, and of course, we all know this is the Great Depression and things are bad on farms. And then I'm thinking, you know, what's going on? What's happening for the farmers? Herbert mm-hmm. Hoover is still our president. We don't have the help of FDR yet. And so I was Googling around and I found the farmer's strike 
of August in 1932. Ooh. So this takes us all the, right back to Herbert Hoover. In a past episode, we talked about how he was actually a big help with food relief for Belgium during World War yes. One, And that got Woodrow Wilson's attention mm-hmm. and said, hey, why don't you, Mr. Hoover, come be the head of my food administration, mm-hmm. which now today is the Food and Drug Administration. Mm-hmm. Herbert Hoover's like, let's do it. And he's the one who came up with like the meatless Mondays. And he was the one who said, we need to conserve food as Americans because we're now feeding the whole war-torn world. Right. So he's encouraging farmers, grow, 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 Uh because we have more than just us to feed. We're feeding Belgium. We're feeding France. We're sending food overseas. And so farmers, this is a big boom time for them. We Mm -hmm. talked about that with manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So farmers are buying more land. They're hiring extra people. They're buying more equipment. And then World War I ends Mm -hmm. and they're growing too much now and they can't sell it. And prices are plummeting and the farmers are desperate. Wow. And then Herbert Hoover becomes the president and they're like, help us. Mm-hmm. You're the one who asked us to start growing all this. Mm-hmm. Now we don't need it. I even read a story about a farmer not being able to afford coal one winter, and he had so much leftover corn that he couldn't sell that he just mm-hmm. burned the corn Ugh. and that the whole community smelled like popcorn Ugh. because oh, he's just wow. burning it because he has nothing to do. Um, and Herbert Hoover, as we recall from a couple episodes ago, suddenly wasn't helping with food. Now all he cares about is the banks and propping up the banks mm. and trying to get factories to not fire their employees, just make them work fewer hours so mm-hmm. at least they have some kind of job. But the farmers are left out in the weeds. So with one farmer in Iowa decides he's had enough of it and he starts rallying the farmers to strike. Let's have what they called a, a holiday where we're not going to sell anything. We're oh. not going to let anybody sell anything. They decided to not only not sell the crops they had, but to block the roads so that any mm-hmm. farmer who's like, no, I don't want to do wow. that, wouldn't be able to get his stuff to where it's it. going. Yeah. And that would force, that would be a break in the supply chain, mm-hmm. which is something we know a lot about mm-hmm. these days, and would make the prices go up. Mm-hmm. And farmers were trying to get Herbert Hoover's attention this way. But the problem was people who had things that would perish, like milk, mm-hmm. Or even, you know, meat that they're trying to get around. This was hurting as many farmers as it was helping. It wasn't really the right solution to the problem that these farmers faced. But it's a huge thing going on in August because all these farmers who had expanded and bought more equipment and bought more land, now all the banks are like, pay us back now. Jeez. And interest rates are through the roof. Yeah. And people like Bert Myers, Myers are like, well, I guess he who probably bought that car during the boom. Yeah. And was like, hey, sweetie, yeah, right. let's get, let's go and get right. a car and let's have more musicals. Right. Now suddenly he's in the woes. We got to eat. And little Elizabeth, little 15 year old, right? She's 15 still mm-hmm. at this point, is sitting there listening to this, mm-hmm. thinking, what in the world is mm. happening? Mm-hmm. And listening to his troubles. And so I thought that was really, really interesting. Very. So she's all worried about her neighbor. And then, mm-hmm. of course, because of this, Herbert Hoover will end up spectacularly losing the election. He only got six of the 48 states that were voting back then. Yeah. So he lost. Wow, he really? got He got spanked real hard. And then FDR immediately <clears throat> comes in and starts the 
Agriculture Adjustment Act. And basically, it's the farm bills that we still have today. Farmers are given subsidies to not grow as much, but also not. I mean, we get that in our farm. There are certain acres that we don't plant because Uh the government gives us a subsidy Mm. so that we can still survive, but just don't plant right now because it affects the prices. Of things, right? So FDR started all that kind of stuff. And he gave really low interest loans to farmers Mm. so they could pay off that debt Mm. and then have an opportunity to write their finances. That's all it took. And it worked. And it worked, Hoover. Right. Idiot. (laughs) So anyway, I have some really nasty things to say about Herbert Hoover in episode 11. So make sure y'all stay tuned for that, because when I found out the stuff that you're going to learn in episode 11, Mm -hmm. you're going to be angry. Oh, good. Especially you, Mr. McKinney. Okay. You're going to be so mad, Mm -hmm. because I'm still mad. I can't wait to tell you about it. But here we are. We're not there yet. Okay. August 4th, 1932. Ironed with Aunt Etta's gasoline iron out under the trees. Mended some of my clothes. Then we went down to Aunt Etta's and ate some watermelon. Sang with Lady and Ruby and then went with them to get the cows. After supper, Francis and I sat on the store porch and sang tonight. All the rest came and sang with us a while. Francis and I are going to Aunt Ella's tomorrow. So Lady and Ruby. We've already met Ruby. I guess episode eight or something. Mm -hmm. Ruby Williamson. She's a good friend. And then we meet Lady. And Lady is actually Sarah Adeline Yingling. Really? She goes by the name Lady. And she was born in February of 1913. And she is 19 years old in this entry that Elizabeth is writing about. And she will get married a year from now or then, (laughs) Mm -hmm. to a man named Lamb King. They get married in September of 1933 and will end up having two children, Diana and Lynn. Now, this is interesting. I saw on Ancestry that she had to get a delayed birth certificate in 1960. Mm -hmm. So she had had to apply for this because either she Mm -hmm. never had a birth certificate Mm -hmm. or she'd lost it. You know, these things happen. Or maybe they just had family Bible records. Mm-hmm. Back then, mm-hmm. you got mm-hmm. I mean, nobody went to the government. You're living on a farm. You yeah, don't have time. Right. right. So maybe that's what happened. And then I thought, you know, this really sounds familiar to me about people being able to use a family Bible as ID. So mm-hmm. I got on the Google machine mm-hmm. and it's happening right here in South Carolina. Where we live. That serves as the birth certificate? There is legislation that they're trying to pass right now that mm-hmm. old family Bibles can be used to prove oh. identity. Oh. So let's say you live on a piece of land that you've been living, your great-great-grandfather owned, mm-hmm. and now you need to take out some kind of mortgage on it, and you have to prove that you own it. Right. It's kind of like buying a piece of art. I see. The, what's, there's a word for it. Um, huh. Oh, there's a fancy word. But anyway, yeah. so you're going back through real estate sure. records and you, all you have are wills. Right. Maybe you never put a deed and in the deed Bibles. office. And now they can go back and say, well, that's my great-grand-grandfather and I can prove hey, it because here's the family Bible. Makes sense to me. So that's kind of a cool thing that South Carolina is doing. One, that's one. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But I think all agriculture-based states mm-hmm. should, yeah, that's yes, you're right. That's the one thing that all these southern states can look at and go, well, that's a good thing to waste your les- legislature's time on. <laughs> Let's put these other things away for a while. <laughs> but anyway, I thought that was really interesting because I'm I read the newspaper every day, mm-hmm. even when I was in Europe. Um, hmm. I would look up the Post and Courier and I'd see what's right. going on. So I remembered hearing about that. So I thought that was kind of uh, very interesting. But anyway. 
She gets this delayed birth certificate,、mm-hmm. and her name is Lady Yingling. She doesn't mention Sarah or she's Sarah Adelaide Yingling. Really, and、But、it doesn't she mention. In, she, I guess she just decided I don't want to go by those names. Call me Lady. Right. Isn't that just so weird? Well, that also messes up a historical researcher well, like me. She wasn't thinking about that. Well, probably. Ev- all of you should. <laughs> <laughs> We Everybody start journals, keep your paperwork in line. But I thought that was interesting. But in all the censuses, she's listed as a farm worker.、Uh-huh. So that poor girl was born on a farm and died on a farm, and、uh-huh. she must have been a hardworking lady. Right. And she lived to be the age of eighty-nine. Nice. She died in two thousand two. So that's cool. But Elizabeth mentioned that they are now on their way to Aunt Ella's, which is so nice because it gets them out of the tent. Right. And I have noticed in earlier entries, she'll be like, "Dean went to Aunt Ella's、mm-hmm. tonight," and that way Helen came back from Aunt、okay. Ella's. So it looks like they're trying、okay. to rotate、sure. them into houses every once in a while. And Aunt, I think Aunt Ella's was like nine miles away or something. She, yeah, like that. she's in Pangburn or Judsonia she's or whichever. In Plainview, I think, or I, Providence. That, she's in Providence. Providence. That's yeah, right. That's a name that comes up a lot. Cersei and、uh, Steprock. So many little teeny teeny ta- towns around there. Yeah. That I get real confused, and it's hard when I'm searching all these. Ancestry things because they're、mm-hmm. all in White County, which、right. I'm not assuming is huge. No, but it's like Mountain View,、right. Plain View, Judsonia, Hartsall. I spend a lot of time on Google Earth. Yeah, you do. I love it. Isn't it cool? Oh my god! I just—it's、yes. like I call it walking. I just like to go、yeah. and just walk. It's amazing. See what's there. It's just there. amazing. What's even more amazing are the people that are on our Facebook who are like, "I live right by Cersei." I'm、I、like,、know. "You do? What's going on there?" Remember the one gentleman who lives in that house? He said, "Every time you show that corner, I live in that house." It's his mom and dad's <laughs> house. I'm like, "Well, get your mom、right. and dad to call me." Yeah, for sure. All of y'all need to be calling me, y'all. I want to interview everybody who lives out there and see what's going on. But anyway, let's get them out of the tent. August fifth, nineteen thirty-two. Francis and I sat on the store porch and waited for Uncle Clyde to go to Providence. We rode to Aunt Ella's with him. I ironed and read to Grandpa. Francis and I played the piano after dinner. And Aunt Ella's had the piano too. She did. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Uncle Clyde, we know him. He's Aunt Edda's、yeah. husband. He was that miner. Who almost yes, died in the mines? That's right. And then said, "Forget that." Right. Okay. Let's let's not go under like the earth. Let's not let's not like burrow down <laughs> into earth and caves and the bottom of oceans. But <laughs> yeah, can we just all that. say that、yeah. that most of a lot of the times that just doesn't、Seriously. end well?、Uh, anyway, so he was smart and got out of that. And of course, we know a lot about Aunt Ella because、um, her husband had died. Right. A much older husband. Had died right before the Great Depression, and she's going to end up having to be a boarder. Well,、mm-hmm. have a boarder、mm-hmm. in the home, and right now Grandpa's living with her. She's taking care of him. Yes, Grandpa's really old at this point, and we also know from your cousin Ruth, right, that he's going blind. Yes, so reading to him was real important. It was. So I think that's really nice. That Talk、Elizabeth- about a Bible. Yeah, his Bible. That's right, the、yeah. very one that had.、Oh, I wonder if Elizabeth saw that letter in it from、uh, her dad. Oh, she may have. Wouldn't that be neat? I bet she saw the do- Bible. Yes, of course she did.、Neat. I'm sure she read from it. I, he died in Ella's house. He sure did with Reva and、yeah. Reva's、uh, daughter. Ruth contacted us. We—that's somebody else we need to talk to. Absolutely. I mean, she's got to be、Ruth. a wealth of information. She has shared so many cool documents. Oh, and she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and so was Reva. Oh God, Reva, who was Elizabeth's cousin. 
Yes, yes, yes. Ella's daughter. And this is the first time we find out that Francis also plays the piano. Ah, right. Makes me wonder if Dean and Helen did, or if like the whole family learned who taught them, either mom or dad. Someone had to teach them. So I think it's really cool that music is just Mm. a big part of their lives, which I think is really nice. Mm -hmm. August 6th, 1932. We flagged down Carl and rode up to Providence with him, talked to Adi until Uncle Clyde was ready, then we came back to Step Rock. Had a letter from Bill waiting for me. His dad lost in the election, running for representative. Poor Bill. He had worked so hard. Back in Bill. Back in Bill. She stays in touch with Bill this entire Mm -hmm. time. Bill Mm -hmm. is going to always be a big part of these diaries. And we met his dad a couple of episodes ago. He was the statesman, the judge. And I found a picture of John Terrell. Really? Oh, he's a handsome, striking uh-huh. fellow. Okay. So that's definitely going to be on our Patreon for this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I couldn't believe it. I finally just jumped into newspapers.com. Yeah. And I, it's hard to find Bill for yeah. lots of reasons that we're going to talk about later when we reveal his true identity. Okay. Uh, but it's really easy to find his dad. Because his dad was a hugely important fellow. But where I found his picture was with his obituary, which was kind of interesting because he died in, uh, I want to say, in the 1950s. And you don't get a whole lot of photos of people in obituaries at that stage like you do now. Mm -hmm. But since he was such an important person, he had a picture and he had a... I guess eulogy isn't the right word. But next to his obit was like a letter from the governor talking about what a fine man he was and what a great statesman he was. So that was in the paper. And then right next to that, the very next column, Mm -hmm. was his brother's obituary. Because John Terrell and his brother died on the same day. We talked about it a couple episodes ago. Wow. That was this guy. Yeah. So it wasn't it's so interesting. But here's what's what's so sad is that John Terrell's got this beautiful long obituary, <laughs> this fabulous, striking photograph, a letter from the governor, and then, oh by the way, also the brother. <laughs> <laughs> so like even in death, he's like, My brother gets all the attention. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just so excited because I do not have a picture of Bill Terrell. We want that. I I there's gotta be a yearbook. Somewhere out right. there, somebody's got to have one mm-hmm. from 1932, 33, 34 mm-hmm. from Bell, Missouri. Mm-hmm. It's got this boy's dang picture in it. But at least we can look at his dad and imagine what he looked like. So that's uh, pretty cool. We mentioned we hear Carl in this episode, and Carl is Uncle Clyde's son. It's his and Etta's only child, which is crazy for right. farm and twin makers, like right, in your family. Right. So that's interesting. But Carl was born in 1908, and he was 18 years old when he married Otherine. Mm-hmm. And we meet her uh, in these entries as well. And they'll end up having two daughters, Carlotta and Clarabelle. <laughs> He's a fire his entire life and he dies in 1991. But I did find a wedding announcement for Carlotta and her sister was her bridesmaid, but she's uh-huh. not going by Clarabelle anymore. She's just Miss Clara. But it also mentioned that Carlotta and her husband were both college students when they got married. So I love to see the fact that Carl and other yeah. were making sure that their kids yeah. had college educations. My father was born in 1924 and his mom and dad going to college was the most important thing. Right. That he was going to do it no matter what and becoming something like a doctor or a lawyer was mm-hmm. there was no other option for my dad wow. because they wanted to get him off the farm. Of course mm-hmm. they lived through the depression. Mm-hmm. My grandfather will end up working uh, on highways. 
Hmm. You know, while he's trying to keep his farm during hmm. the Depression. So, you know, they didn't want my daddy to ever have to go through that. Although I don't know if having a college degree made things any better for people in the Great Depression. That's a good question. Jobs are jobs. I, what jobs? Yeah. I mean, I guess the jobs that were lost the most were factory farm. Uh-huh. Not, yeah, right. Uh, Not but, academic jobs. I wonder. But, I mean, everyone always needs a doctor. Exactly. My or a father, dentist like your dad. Yeah. My daddy ended up being a dentist because he went to his, um, he was just in straight up medical school. Mm-hmm. And his after his second year, he had to choose a discipline. Mm-hmm. So he went to his advisor and he said, what do they need the most of? Uh, and the doc- he was like, well, we're really short on dentists. Wow. Okay. So dad's like, all right, I'll be a dentist. But he always regretted it and wished he'd become an eye doctor. Because he goes, if your tooth hurts, mm-hmm. you're going to ignore it for months. Uh-huh. But if you can't see, you're calling a doctor right, right. away. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. real valid point. Because when I was a little girl, I would always say, Daddy, I want to grow up and be a dentist just like you. And he would no, say, honey. no, you can, you can do better than that. Carl and Otherine's grandson contacted us. What? Yes. Who? He saw us on TikTok and he left a comment and said, I believe that Otherine is my great grandmother. Ah. Uh. Yeah. And sure enough, he did the research and he is Carl and Otherine's great grandson. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. Isn't that neat? Another person I need to talk to. Well, because <laughs> you never know what kind of pictures they have. I know. It's pictures that mean the most to us. I yes. mean, we, people don't remember stories, and uh, this family obviously didn't talk a lot. Mm-hmm. So we, there are not a whole lot of. Mm-hmm. Stories, but pictures. We love pictures. Ah, oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. So we don't always get last names, but I thought Adi would be pretty easy to find. Um, Adi was hanging out with Uncle Clyde, and I did find him pretty quickly. His name is Adi Elmer Ramsey, and he was born in 1909 in Pangburn. And by the end of his life, he doesn't go by Adi anymore. He only goes by Elmer. Uh, but in this diary entry, he's a newlywed. He mm-hmm. would have just gotten married in January to a woman named Flossie Moody. And I have a picture of Miss Flossie Moody. Excellent. So she's a lovely lady. She and Adi will have two children, a boy and a girl, and he dies in 1980. I'm not sure when she remarries again, but she does to a man named Gerald McClue, and she also outlives him, so brokenhearted. He was described, Mr. Gerald McClue, in his obituary as being a lover of gardening and dancing. Mm. That sounds like a little I sweet like man. Him. I do, too. He can keep mm-hmm. my roses blooming and then spin me around the dance floor. What a doll. <laughs> I love it when you hear that men love to dance. Hmm. My biological father, Harry was known for being a great shagger, hmm. like the dance, mm-hmm. the southern dance. And every, people who know him would say, oh, everybody wanted to dance with Harry. Huh. I just think that's neat. It is neat. I like You're a right. man who likes to dance. But anyway, let's, uh, little Miss Flossie Moody, whose picture I have, lives to be 91. Good for her. She dies in 2008. And I just love it when I find people who've lived a nice long life. Right. I just mentioned I read the newspaper every day. I I love the obituary section. I mean, I hate to say it, but I just want to read about someone's really good life. Mm -hmm. And I found out last year that one of my neighbors had died and I had missed it. I hadn't even seen it. And I felt so horrible because I hadn't gone to the funeral. So I looked up in the newspaper for her obituary. Mark, whoever wrote it should get a Pulitzer. Yeah. It's the most, the language they used uh-huh. and just the story of her life. Uh-huh. And I thought anyone who read this who didn't know right. Miss Helen would have wanted to know Miss Helen. Right. 
What a lovely person. And yeah. she had traveled Neat. the entire world. I don't think I even knew that about her. Mm-hmm. And they tell one story about how she was in Japan, where my daughter is mm-hmm. right now. And this woman came up and complimented her jacket. Mm-hmm. So Helen just took it off and gave it to her. Oh, dear. said, well, if you like it that much, you can just have oh. it. And the woman was overwhelmed. because she just, uh-huh. but, I, that's, that, but that's exactly who she was. Huh. Oh, you would know who she was because you came over to my house one day and we were going to make cookies. Yeah. And you were filming my daughter, Sophie. I, yeah. And we didn't have enough eggs. Yeah. And I ran across the street to Helen's house to oh, get eggs. We got eggs for the thing. Uh-huh. Okay. So, yeah, that's I don't it. think I ever met her. I no, guess you, I used her eggs. We just used her eggs. Uh, but she yeah. had lovely eggs, I'm sure. She did. <laughs> We're talking probably 20 years ago or whatever. No, or, no, no, this 15, would have only been me. Or, yeah. yeah, about something. Well, 10 maybe. Maybe 10. Uh, Cuz yeah. Sophie's 17. So she was probably so five. So she was, yeah, right. So, yeah. Maybe five or six. Yeah, anyway. 10, but it, 12 yeah. Years. Oh, you know what? Long enough to why don't we not post, remember the eggs. Why don't we post things like that on our Patreon when we don't have a bonus episode? Why don't we post one like a little, little Sophie cooking video or the other little we things that, that you used to do with Sunhead, mm-hmm. that, like some of we'll your see. shorter things? Yeah. Why not? And Who cares about us? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. August 8th, 1932. Mildred and I have a wild desire to go horseback riding, and after chasing all over the place, found ourselves on the floor resting without having ridden. We went to a baptizing at the creek with John, then went back and ate apples. Leonard, Gurley, and Mildred brought me home. Francis and I went to church with them tonight. Almost had a wreck coming home. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, she talks about a baptizing at the creek. Yeah. A year from now, we're going to learn a lot more about baptizing down there at that creek. We are. But I hadn't even noticed that the first time I read through these. Really? I'm like, that Baptist tent revival yeah. must come, come every, every year. year. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Looking for some new... Fresh blood. That's it. <laughs> you say it. <laughs> That's it. Well, you know, the blood of Christ. Of course it was. <laughs> August 9th, 1932. Election day. I certainly hope that Uncle Barney wins. After dinner, I rested and read. Then I got the blues and wanted to go to school so badly that I came up here to the tent and bawled good and hard. Daddy went to Circe and Helen to Aunt Ella's. It looks like rain. So sorry for her sometimes. You know, I do too. And I actually really appreciate that sometimes she does complain. Right. Do it, girl. Right. You're, it's rough, and yeah. we all, you don't have to be strong all the time. Right. Nobody does. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. So, yeah, I love it. I also think it's weird that Bill's dad just lost his election the other day, mm-hmm. and now election is happening here. I guess because it's different counties. Oh, it's different states. It's different states. Oh, so, yeah. I didn't, that yeah, didn't dawn on me it. until just now. That's and what Uncle it is. Uncle Barney was the tax collector. Well, that's what he was running for, but we'll find out in a minute. Oh. August 10th, 1932. Worked in the store for Aunt Etta this morning. Talked to Francis and Mother under the trees. Daddy came from Circe and brought two watermelons. Uncle Barney was defeated, and they are going to count the votes again. I hope he gets it. Count the votes again? Not a recount. (laughs) (laughs) Barney's like, I'm not satisfied with these results. (laughs) Well, they do a recount, and Barney uh, obviously doesn't win. But this isn't the last time he'll run for office. But we haven't actually formally met Barney yet. 
He is the father of Swan and Wanda, who we definitely met mm-hmm. in the last episode because we love us some Swan. Yeah. Uh, but their dad, Barney, was born in 1889, and he's described as having black hair and light blue eyes. Huh. That's a good-looking combo. I put on the Patreon a couple episodes ago a picture of Morris Hartzell with his children standing behind him. Right. And I kind of guessed at who was who. Okay. Because um, there's Barney, and then there's another man that's not Louie. Yeah. And I figured Barney had to be the younger of the two, so I mm-hmm. tagged him as Barney. But now I think I'm right with that black hair, blue eye description, because when you zoom in on that picture, he does seem to have light we eyes. have a picture of Barney, and he's lab- it's labeled. Oh, good. So I have that. Oh, yes. well, definitely send that to me. and he I'll was ha- very handsome. Yes, yes, yes. Right. The good-looking one. Yeah, well, yeah. Louie was handsome, too. Yes. I mean, they did make... The women look stern. They sure like, do, don't they? We have that Man, one shot Aunt of Etta. Aunt Etta Ooh, that Lord. you use sometimes, and I'm like, don't, ma- don't, don't piss her off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's very stern-looking, but mm-hmm. the men are hot. Yeah, they are hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, right. Now, yes, he married Miss Birdie Wood in 1913. And when he registers for the draft in World War I, his occupation is the owner of a grocery store. Okay. So I guess they're all just owning stores, which is a, a great family business to be in. But in 1917, he's living in Big Creek, Arkansas. So okay. that's all we were just talking about that. That's all yeah. one of those real close yeah, yeah. places. So there has to be a store everywhere. In the 1930 census, he is still a grocer. But in the 1940 census, he's the tax collector in the city of Searcy. So he finally wins the election. But in 1950, he has left government and groceries behind and has started a construction business. Oh. And I saw an article at some point that talked about road construction and that being part of his business as well. Okay. So he clearly gets into the infrastructure. Interesting. You know, money, everybody's prosperous again, building roads. Sure. So good for Uncle Barney. He was never a farmer. Yeah. So that goes back to, we've talked about this a million times, how the kids drew lots for Morris Hartzell's farm. So he must have bought out, he must have sold out of his too. So it looks like Delia and Etta were the only ones who kept the farm going. It sounds Everybody else has a job. And I know... That Barney lived in downtown Searcy, so he lived far away from Step Rock. Well, oh. I mean, 20 miles. Yeah, he yeah, lived as the tax collector right there on the square. Really? Yeah, with his black hair. Where? Oh, my God. Eyes. Do you have a picture of that, too? Of the square? Yeah. No, yeah, I have the square. Well, gosh, yeah. Send that over, too. That's right. so cool. Yeah. Good we old. get information all the time, y'all. Oh, no. Uh, probably just, by the time you hear this, we will have learned something else. Yes. But we'll always keep you updated in future it's amazing. episodes. That's it's why amazing. you have to continue to like and review. <laughs> August 11th, 1932. I got two letters from Pee Wee and one from Frank. Read Mona's Modern Romance magazine this afternoon. Then Francis and I made some fudge for Aunt Etta. We all ate it out in the yard. Bert Myers made me so mad calling me fat. We saw Tommy pass by with Ruby and Leonard. He came over here after supper in Leonard's car, took Francis and me riding. Then we came back and sat in front of the store. He's coming Sunday night. A lot there to unpack. (laughs) All right, Tommy. 
And Burt Myers calling her fat. Seriously, That's Bert, rude. What the? F- Come on, don't we don't body shame around here, Bert? Mm. But you know, at fifteen, yeah, you're also full of estrogen. Mm-hmm. You know, you still like so many fifteen year old girls mm-hmm. still have that little nice pudgy mm-hmm. estrogen face that I'd kill for right now. Mm-hmm. Give me a little estrogen in my face. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was mean. And then Tommy passes by with Ruby. Mm-hmm. That Tommy man, uh, he gets he around. really gets around. But what I what part sparked my attention more in this uh, entry mm-hmm. was Modern Romance magazine. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, I gave it a goog. Okay, it was first published in 1921, and it was a pulp magazine marketed to good girls. <laughs> so you can have romance as long as you don't go to second base. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> but the magazine will last until the 1960s and the, it featured articles on how to get a man, how to keep a man, how to tell if your man is cheating, and what to do with the tramp he was cheating with. No. Yes. That's hilarious. You know, poor women. I'm going to start a magazine <laughs> called Modern Romance that says how to ignore a man, how to Seriously. live without a man. Yeah. And if your man's cheating, goodbye, man. See ya. Who cares about the tramp? It's not her fault. It's his <laughs> fault. Oh, my God. Poor women. The tramp. The oh, tramp. my God. Modern right. romance. Hey, that sounds like some drama. I want to read that magazine. Well, and you got to figure by the 60s, things are getting a little free love. Yeah. Second so base, I bet. don't go to third now. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, and on this date... Uh, Herbert Flippin' Hoover is ramping up his re-election campaign, and he's given a big speech and focusing on farmers, you ask? Oh, no. The economy? Heck no. Mm-hmm. He's talking about prohibition. Uh, <laughs> but what does he want to do about what it? What does he, yeah. He doesn't think it should be a law anymore. I guess okay. nobody is thinking that yeah, way anymore. Right. But he wants to leave it up to the individual states uh, to decide. And there you have it. And that's called I Can't Lead anything <laughs> yeah you are right <laughs> because jesus Give lord almighty god this- everybody at this point is like oh, you're just you can go andy city and buy liquor right. everyone's ignoring this law so instead uh-huh. of going eeny, meeny, meeny, why don't you just say hey let's all get together as a congress mm-hmm. and a state house of representatives and let's change this law because nobody seems to want it right it's called just, being a coward it, it's pandering mm-hmm yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I can't stand this. Don't man. even get me started. I know it, of course, but no, I can't stand this man. Um, but and actually, I did lie. He does talk about the farmers. This is a very, 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 very long speech. I read mm-hmm. the whole thing mm. just to see if there was anything to it. But it was right. all just every politician speech uh-huh. you hear today, uh-huh. giving himself credit for things he has not even done yet, mm-hmm. or things that ha- that yeah he had no control over, mm-hmm. and just saying like what he's gonna do. Well, hey, Mister Mans, you've already been there for four years. Mm-hmm. You haven't done squat Mm -hmm. what makes me think you're gonna do it in another four years right you know i I don't care here we go (laughs) i don't care if you like a president or not the mark of a quote good president is did he do he did he do what he said he was going to do whether you like it or not Mm-hmm. That's a, that's the a good politician. Right. So if you have these are the things that I say I'm going to do as president mm-hmm. and you can't get any of them mm-hmm. done. Right. Bye-bye. Right. But even if you hate it, if you can look at him and go, "Well, I don't like this guy, but he's mm-hmm. passed a whole heck of a lot of laws." Yeah. Then that's I'm sorry, he's just a good president. Right. Might not be the one for you. Right. Anyway, so it's just a matter of get your work done. Mm-hmm. August 13th, 1932. Went to Sunday school this morning. The Clearwater Youth Group was supposed to come up, but just a few did. Tommy was there, talked to me a few minutes, took Inez Brown home. 
Uh-oh. Tommy, I swear to God. Okay, well, first of all, this is not the first time we're going to see the name Inez Brown. Because not only is she here with Tommy in at least this one incident, but she's the town gossip. And there are entries coming up. It'll be like, Inez said that booty booty. She's Gladys Kravitz. She most certainly is. Yeah. But she was a real hard person to find. Mm. She was born in 1917. So she's Elizabeth's age. And her dad was a farmer. Mm. She was one of four children. But her mom died when she was like four years old. So this poor man Mm. had four children to raise. And the youngest was two years old when the mom died. So that's rough Yikes. for a whole family. Inez will marry John Charles Ray in 1935, and they moved out to California. It's interesting how many people from this diary will yeah. end up in California. I agree. I guess it's farm to farm because California yeah. will take over Absolutely. as being a bigger farm yeah, place. Yeah. And, so that has to be it. When John Ray registers for the draft for World War II, he's working at Terminal Island in L.A. And then Inez Ray just disappears off the face of the earth. Huh. In the 1940 census, it does show them living in Inglewood. But on Ancestry, you usually you can click on the names of yeah. the census. You, there's no hyperlink even for her name because even ancestry gave up and said i don't know okay i don't know at all she just went so i don't know what happened no Hmm. i don't know what happened to her Hmm. but in 1948 john charles ray remarries a woman named millie mcdonald and that's who he's buried next to there's Mm -hmm. no mention of inez Inez ever again disappeared in her gladys kravitz (laughs) yeah she she gossiped about the wrong person but it was harder even so because there is an inez brown ray Mm-hmm. who is the exact same name, who's mm-hmm. also from Arkansas, Yeah, who moved out to California, but she's a woman of color. So okay. every time I thought I found Inez Ray, yeah. I'd have to check, and I'd be like, nope, that's not our. But okay. the exact same name and the exact same state-to-state move. Wow. Yeah. That I mean, the name Inez is the one that's throwing me off how, more than... Right. I'm not shocked about Browns and Rays, but Inez? Yeah. August 14th, 1932. Francis and I made fudge at Aunt Etta's and kind of prepared a little lunch in case Tommy and Jesse came by, but they didn't. I took a bath and cleaned up, wrote a little to Frank and Bill. We planned our house, but I don't know when we'll build it. Aunt Net phoned and told us Swan had a wreck, but didn't do much damage. Francis' mother and I walked down the road to the planned location for the house. I a million percent missed this the first time I read through this diary mm-hmm. because I think what I must have said, we planned our house. Yeah. I thought she meant they were like daydreaming. Like she talked about how oh, she, she and was Francis literal. plan her husbands. Right, right. <laughs> but in this case, they were literal. Yeah. And so this is right. really a sad entry to me then because this means they thought this was it. The house, you mean? Living where they live and doing what they do. Yeah. Because they had gotten kicked out of Bell. Yeah. Nothing else was available f- yeah, for them for right. this. And the tent was always meant was to their be life. temporary. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they they walked down to where the house is going to be built. Mm-hmm. So obviously yeah. these sisters who are still on the farm, Delia and Etta, have been like, okay, loser Louie's back or whatever yeah. they thought of him. And let's give him this little patch of land that uh-huh. they can build a house. Yeah. So that – it's interesting – because this is just August of 1932. They've right. just gotten there, and they're thinking, this is it. Wow. Oh, how but disappointing that has to be. Little do they know they're not going to have a house for a while. No, they are not. I mean, even if they started that day, right. it would still be quite some time. you got to build a house. W- winter is a-coming. And she also talks about going down to the lake and getting wood, lumber. Yeah. So, so I guess for the kitchen? Y- for the house, yeah. 
Oh. For the whole house. Oh, they had to, right. Yeah, the lumber. Ah. So they'd go down and cut it, I think. Well, I don't know about that. Or maybe they're know. tearing down old structures Something. and trying to find Could usable be. wood. Could be. Yeah. Who's to say? I can't believe I missed that the first time, and that makes me sad. That, yeah, right. You know, they're stuck there. Ugh. August 16th, 1932. Francis and I wrote to Lil this morning. Then we went up on the mountain as far as the schoolhouse with Harry, the mail carrier. We walked all over the country looking for the school director to see if Francis could get the Holly Springs School. Laid around all afternoon in the tent and cried because I want to go to school so bad. Ethel and Gurley came over here. Ethel and I sat on the store porch. She's going to be operated on. Okay. Yeah. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. That all. Okay. For, there's a lot. There's a lot in this one. Yeah. So Frances mm-hmm. had gotten certified as a school teacher after she graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when I would see entries of her trying to get a school, mm-hmm. they they tried to get her the school in Cersei and that mm-hmm. didn't work out. And now they've gone up on this mountain. Mm-hmm. Is that Mountain View? Who's to say? Right. I don't know where they are, but I couldn't find Harry the mail carrier. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there are a lot of Harrys Harry the mail in that carrier. neck of the woods, yeah. uh, but I couldn't find anyone that wasn't a farmer. But mm-hmm. odds are Harry was a farmer right. who also carried the mail because right. it's not like a full-time job like it is now, I guess. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. They're trying to get Francis out of the fields. Mm-hmm. And into a school, which would be great. And then, of course, poor Elizabeth wants to go to school. And then, just in a pure Elizabeth fashion, <laughs> Elethel's going to be operated on. Do we know anything? Ha- yeah, well, I was, well, you do eventually. Yeah. But hang up, girl. How about operated on, on now? Uh, yeah. I mean, I here I was when I first read it going, oh, no. Yeah. What's so wrong with Ethel? Well, we'll end up finding out mm-hmm. that it was her appendix. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I was today years old Mm -hmm. when I learned that the appendix operation isn't always an emergency. Huh. I didn't know that either. You had your appendix removed. I did. What what happened? It just hit me one day. Like what hit you? It felt just your body just sort of, I don't know, you just feel sick and throw up and stuff. Uh And uh I knew something was going on. Now, do you have like that stabby pain in your side? I did not. Okay, because that's what I've always, anytime I get any kind of stabby stabby pain pain. there, I'm like, what side is your appendix on? Yeah. (laughs) No, it's pretty miserable. You want to get it out. So I guess they seem very calm about this. It's not like, oh, Ethel sure has been sick lately. Yeah. How did they know in 1932? Like, oh, must be the appendix. That's an interesting question. Well, get this, Mark McKinney, because I knew you had had, oh. What? I should tell the story about when I came to see you in the hospital when you had your appendix. No, don't. (laughs) Don't. No, no. Let's move forward. (laughs) He had some drugs. Onward and upward. (laughs) That's funny. Let's go. Okay. Appendicitis affects one in 1,000 people. That's a lot. Yeah. Okay. But- Having a family history of appendicitis may raise your risk, especially if you are a man. Mm. So look at this. Ethel walked so you could run. <laughs> uh, thank she, you, but, Ethel. <laughs> but it's interesting that you, this is in, in the family. Yeah. And you got, and so you would have had, a, you, did, you didn't know it, but right. you had a family history of appendectomies. Could be. Isn't that fun? Yeah, that is fun. Oh, yeah. So fun fact. <laughs> Mine was the largest appendix that my doctor had ever seen. How big was it? I have no idea. Didn't he you save let me it? Take it? Oh, that's right. They wouldn't. No, he wouldn't give it to me. Well, you can't do that. We'll get to hear about Ethel's, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. August nineteenth, nineteen thirty-two. Prince stopped and talked to us as we walked down the road. We thought he was going to take us, but he didn't. Ethel was operated on this afternoon, 
he was going to get her. August 21st, 1932. Helped get dinner this morning. Read Women's World magazine. We saw Tommy and Jesse pass along after dinner. Saw the boys coming back and ran out under the trees. They passed on. Francis and I went out to the birds. Leon and Daddy came back from Aunt Ella's. And we can't build our house. I don't know what we're going to do. So, I guess Daddy and Leon had gone up to ask Morris Hartzell's permission. To build the house? You would think. Right. Because he would be the final say. I don't know why he would be the final say at this point. Right. But I think it's really sad that... They went and looked at the property, and they're like, oh, we can build a little house right here. And then Daddy goes to visit his dad and comes back. So what is up with the grandpas being like the Mm -hmm. villains in this story? Mm -hmm. Lighten up, grandpas. Mm -hmm. They're just being boomers. They just don't understand (laughs) that this is going to get worse before it gets better. They don't know that. I mean, they they lived at a time where they were born during or – well, no, they they both served in uh, the Civil War. They did, so they yes. made it through a war, and then they saw prosperity eke its way back. Right. So they just think that's going to happen. Right. I guess. Hmm. But anyway, that's so sad. Yeah. So she says, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, I bet. Because if you thought this was it, if you thought, I'm a farm girl now, mm-hmm. now what are you going to do? Right. Oh, that's a scary thought. And no, I'm surprised she didn't go back and cry in her tent again that night. Right. Because how long is she going to be stuck in a spider, mosquito-filled mm. tent? Yuck. We need to look up historic weather records. I know. And I'm find trying. out how hot it was in August of 1932. Yeah. Are, it's hard exist? to find. You would think some... I, I know, but for some reason, it's hard to find. Well, that's dumb. Uh, yeah, we'll little, it would have to be at the Little Rock Weather Station. I oh, think, sure, and that, that that's point. kind of far away. Yeah. August 23rd, 1932. Prudy and John Evans' little boy was born yesterday. So this is the first time, but not nearly the last time, we're going to hear the Evans' last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met Pauline Evans, mm-hmm. who is not a part of this family, but I guess part of the Evans clan who's all around here. But John Franklin Evans was born in 1906, and in the early 1920s, he's a single man. He's a laborer on a farm in Searcy. So I guess he's been working this farm. Mm-hmm. He's been working this farm for a long time. Mm-hmm. In 1929, he marries Prudy, and then he becomes an official tenant farmer in 1930. I thought it was really interesting on his census record, there was a box to check if you owned a radio. Huh. How interesting that they would want to know. Interesting. How many people have a radio. That sounds personal. Like, do you have an Alexa system? Well, I don't know Uh, if I want to tell you. I guess just for general communication, they needed, I mean, that was the only communication you had back then. And I guess if there was like emergency. Exactly. That's right. They would know like, like, oh, someone in this community has one. Right. Huh. Yeah, there had to be some sort of technical reason. Well, he had a radio. Interesting. So I think that's pretty cool. But by 1940, farming has not worked out for him. Maybe he lost, maybe he couldn't recover from the 1930s, and he ends up becoming a fireman. Okay. Okay, so I guess maybe he didn't like how hot that is, because in 1950, he Mm -hmm. has changed jobs again, and he's now a monument salesman slash engraver for the retail monument company in Searcy, Arkansas. Now, when I first saw that, I thought, oh, Jesus, Lord Almighty, I hope he's not making Confederate statues. Okay. 
Was he? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I, I do believe that when I looked it up, <laughs> um, there they, he was making tombstones. Okay. It seems to be what they specialized in. But I did find it very interesting when I thought that they are definitely still making Confederate statues in the 1950s. At this, oh, really? Oh, heck yeah. Right. I was in Florence, flipping Italy, yeah. waiting for a tour, and there was this couple from Texas, and they were talking about how mad they were that they were, they were tearing down statues, which honestly, when you really think about how many statues there are, there have been a couple of big ones that have come down mm-hmm. in really big areas, and there's one here in Charleston. Mm-hmm. 90% of our Civil War monuments are still standing. Mm. I mean, in the country, mm-hmm. in the, not just Charleston. Right. So they're really not that yeah. threatened, Some, so right. let's all be real. But I think what's important about Civil War statues is context. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't build these statues during the war. Right. No marble carver is carving out Robert E. Lee right. in 1864. Right. 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 This is all happening after Reconstruction ends miserably. And Rutherford B. Hayes pulls the troops out of the South. Suddenly, Confederate statues are popping up like nobody's business. They pop up again a lot after World War One, mm-hmm. because too many black people have come mm-hmm. back from serving in the war and thinking, hey, they didn't treat me like y'all treat me uh, over there right. in France. Mm-hmm. Can I have some rights over here? And boom, we've, <laughs> Charleston got its biggest Civil War monument in 1930. <laughs> the biggest one. And then when the big civil rights movement is happening in the 50s and 60s, more Civil War statues are erected. So when I first saw that, it was really legitimate that I could have thought he was doing it. Sounds like um, it. But sure. I, I don't think he was. I think it was just tombstones. But this is the saddest thing in this entire diary so far. What? Mr. John Evans will die at the age of 53 in 1959 from pneumonia due to pulmonary issues due to his occupation. Oh, he was because he probably wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah, breathed in all that monument dust, and it killed him. Wow, and that is about as sad as it gets. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. He could have been carving his own gravestone. uh, So sad. But in this entry, it's a beautiful day for the Evans family because they have just given birth to a little baby boy. Okay. And Winford Oakland Evans was born in on this day in August of 1932. And in the 1950 census, I see he was listed as working in the movie industry. And I was like, hmm. what? So I clicked on the census to zoom in and he was a projectionist at the movie oh, theater. <laughs> okay. But you know, hey even, now. when you go to movies, even to Day, they'll be like, want to get your start in the movie industry, right? Yeah. Which is just yeah. sweeping up popcorn and <laughs> right. spilled Coca Colas, and so uh, I thought that was kind of funny. That, that he, is funny. He worked for the movie movie industry, yeah. But then he signs up for the Korean War, and he serves with them for four years, and he leaves as a staff sergeant. So that's pretty good. He was an airplane mechanic. During the Korean War. So good for him. And then he started his own appliance business in Bald Knob, Arkansas for several years. And he retired in 2014. And it said in his obituary that he enjoyed fishing and hunting with his brother Wallace and his sons and daughter. Well, don't you know. His wife outlives him, but they were married for 64 years when he died. So that's nice. Nice long marriage. But he didn't leave the area. No, he no, he came right on. back. Yeah, he even uh, went to Arkansas State University in Beebe, Arkansas. Beebe. So he lived and died in Arkansas. Good for him. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, he was an airplane mechanic in in the Korean War. I don't know if that means he went overseas at all. Yeah, I right, don't know. Right. I mean, I guess you can find service records, but good Lord, I'm not going to look up the Evans <laughs> Baby's service records. I mean, we're not getting that deep. Are you sure? It'll be <laughs> yeah. 2 o'clock tonight and you'll and be, be online. Like, hmm, what happened to baby Evans, Evans Baby? Boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I know you. August 24th, 1932. If I don't go somewhere, I think I'll die or scream. Hello. <laughs> I think that's the most beautiful teenage entry that she ever <laughs> yeah. wrote. Yeah. Just like, do something with me, people. Yeah. I thought that was cute. Die or scream. <laughs> August 25th, 1932. Francis and I went to the Little Well twice today. Leon went with us once. Washed my hair, bathed, and put on my new dress after dinner. We girls went out after both cows, sat under a big tree, and planned what we would do every day and night if we went back to Bell. I learned oh. that um, they often washed and bathed at wells. Yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't know that. I, You know, I didn't think it all the way through. Because, right. of course, there's not a bathroom. Right. There's no run in so water. So it makes sense. They even go in the to kitchen where the water houses. is. Yeah. Right. Right. So right. to cook, Especially to do laundry. Insane when you think about it. Right. You know, because, yeah, because you think, oh, this is Merka, and they're not having to walk to gather water, but yeah, they oh, yeah. sure are. Yeah. But the fact that she bathed, bathed down there. So, I mean, did like Francis hold up a sheet? Well, I mean, privacy. I saw some photos from the 1930s on these tenant farms where mm-hmm. they had connected up sort of like a pail with a shower head. Oh, oh. Oh, like in MASH, where they Is could just pour the did? water in it and then That's release what it, was. it. Or like That's on Survivor. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Maybe right. they had gone to that kind of trouble. I would hope so. I, right. I personally love an outdoor shower. Like when you go oh, to the I beach, beach houses For that sure. have them. Do you know, oh, we have uh, good friends, Tony and Jeff. Mm-hmm. They put an outdoor shower at their home in Mount Pleasant. Really? It's really, it has like the little, you know, wooden slatted sides and the little wooden floor. Yeah. And they can take a shower outside if they feel I like it. I love it. And Jeff gardens so much, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. But yeah, I yeah. Love good for them. Showering outside. I like being naked outside. I know you do. You, 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 <laughs> okay, we, let's have, move on. Oh, Stop. yeah. Okay. True, true, true. <laughs> August 29th, 1932. Wrote to Lil and Bill this morning. Got a letter from Jack. We lay around most of the afternoon. Francis, Ruby, and I went to see Prudy. She hasn't named her son yet. We wanted his name to be Ray Smith. Oh, Ray Smith. What the hell? So I'm like, is he somebody? So I Googled Ray Smith. Okay. And the only one I found was a boy who's just a little bit younger than them. But when he was eight years old, he was singing in rodeos and fairs and things. And then he has a career in the 1950s. Okay. And I wondered if maybe... That carnival with a tilt a whirl. Uh huh. What if he had been there? Sure. I don't right. know. But what the hell out right. of all the names on the planet? Well, Ray Smith. I, so maybe it's a joke. Find we're not him. Getting. You found him? I just googled Ray I, I, Smith. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I well I googled him. I I think I googled like Ray Smith, nineteen thirty two right. singer, and okay. Ray Smith the actor. Gotcha. And singer popped up and was somebody. <laughs> So I don't know if it was him. All right. But why the hell else would they yeah, right. pick the name? <clears throat> well, Weird. I but don't anyway, know. But anyway, I'm so I'm glad they didn't name him Ray Smith. Winford was a perfectly fine name. August 30th, 1932. Francis and I went over to see Ethel, saw her appendix and where she was operated. The birds came by and Francis, Leon and I went in the truck. We went to Little Red to the Holy Rolling Church. Gurley caught her a fella. But Francis and I just stood around. Dang now. Little Red is a river or a town or it's both? A town. 
Okay. On the red, Little Red River. I like how she calls it the Holy Rolling Church. I know. Because my mom would call Pentecostal churches Holy Rollers. Oh, really? Yes. Pentecostal, you think this was? That's the Holy Rolling, as far as I know. That's all I've ever known in the South. Huh. So they're like the snake worshiping, jumping up you and down, think? speaking in tongues. Oh, uh, wow. That's the Holy Rolling. Okay. Yeah. All right. I went to one once with my friend uh, for an Easter service, like the uh-huh. Pentecostal church right here in Mount Pleasant. Uh-huh. And the service was three hours long. <sighs> and they had, oh, I mean, it. I was raised like a little Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd never seen a church like that before in my life. I was, you know, 12. Uh, halfway through it, I faked that I wasn't feeling well <laughs> <laughs> because I couldn't take it anymore. They were taking so long to get to the point. I'm like, it's Easter. Oh. But they even had like a little girl, like a five year old, uh-huh. dressed up as the bride of Jesus. Really? And she came walking down the aisle. And that's about the time when I thought, nope, I'm leaving. Yeah. That's why is this little really? girl being paraded sure. in a wedding dress. How odd. It That's creeped me weird. out. For sure it would. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't want to offend anybody who goes to a church like that. I'm sure uh, maybe uh-huh. I'm ignorant to the uh-huh. reason that they would do that. Yeah. I'm hoping it was just this church and they there was something wrong with them. But I'm, I'm sure we'll find out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that was um, upsetting to me. Uh, can we talk about seeing her appendix right quick? Yeah. <laughs> How Let's does do that it. happen? I guess they put it in a little, I don't know, what what was yeah, a little glass? Think, yeah. A little... You know, with a screw top, yeah. like how you got prescriptions back then. They okay. just gave it to her. And just here's your appendix. Yeah. Wow. You know, my mom got all her gallstones when she had her gallbladder removed. Okay. And they put them in a little prescription bottle. Right. And they were beautiful. Really? They, honestly, they looked yeah. like jade. Uh-huh. And they had like like marble, like they had huh. veins in them and stuff. It was they were green, yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Okay. Mom used to joke about. Well, Dad used to joke about mm-hmm. making Mom a ring out of them, and uh-huh. she'd be like, oh, <laughs> "That'd be cool." I thought they were gorgeous. Right, you could have sure. made like well, a little necklace. Right. Yeah. You know? It's and like I didn't, a pearl and they were person. smooth like they'd been, you know, rolled. Ew. You know, I mean it was cool. They that they were hurts odd me shapes. To think about because Yeah. Did you have you ever had a kidney no, stone? No, never. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't either. I don't want I hear one. that's bad. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that's not So we saw her appendix. Yeah, I think that's pretty and where she was operated on. I mean, you yeah. had the laser. Yeah. Like you had two little holes or something. Yeah, she probably had a big ass oh, oh, or of a, a big cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Back a little then. disfigured. Oh. Wait a minute. Now, also, Ethel, wonder... is Ethel the twin? No, that's Gurley. Uh, no. John and Gurley were the twins, right? Okay. That sounds right, but I'm not 100% sure. No, that's right. Yes, uh, it is. Ethel's who? the one who's married to that Connie Overstreet who Elizabeth doesn't like. Okay. That, that's a couple this of episodes is not ago. Ethel Bird? Is that what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. This is Ethel Bird, but okay. she's married. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I understand. If that. I'm keeping the family straight, which I, I think, think I am. I think you are. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was re-listening to episode eight today okay. about Gurley and that Alma Jean Brown that might have been her daughter, Uh like maybe an out-of-wedlock daughter. I can't find... I went back and looked again. I'm like, maybe there was a marriage license that I missed, and this guy died tragically, but no, nothing. Anyway, Alma Jean Brown, she's still the mystery, the family mystery. Mystery woman. Yeah. September 5th, 1932. Wrote to Bill this afternoon. Spent the night at Aunt Edda's because Uncle Clyde has gone to Memphis. We talked a long time. Daddy might get a job as a banker in Pangburn real soon. I surely hope he can. Then I can go to school. 
She wanted to go to school. I think it's so sad that her going to school is completely contingent upon her dad having a job. It sure is. And he's now that they're not building that house Mm -hmm. and he feels like, well, I can't stay here. He's off looking for work and everybody else is back here picking. Right. That kind of it doesn't make me mad because I know he has to do what he has to do. do? I know. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people bagged him on TikTok. I bet. Like, daddy's leaving everybody. Oh, and, well. You know, I he mean, had he to. had to leave. It's not, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, he had no choice. Right. No, um, yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's just incredibly sad, but I'm sure it's what the, what was going on. But cotton season is approaching okay. right when school starts. Mm-hmm. So that's a real inconvenience because mm-hmm. they need her little hands. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you ever picked cotton? I have not. I have because uh-huh. we have that farm yeah. and cotton has like these little pokey things around yeah. it. It's pretty to look at, but yeah. it hurts Does like it? heck. And it goes up under your cuticles and Ugh. it's painful to pick cotton. Oh my. And to I... be able to do it fast. Yeah. It's like a, you've headed shrimp before. Yes. Shrimp will stick you. Is that what It's it... like sticking you oh like that. Oh my God. That's yeah. awful. I know. That's I know. Ugh. It's rough. It's yeah. rough. Yeah. September 7th, 1932, wrote to Lil and Francis, read a true story Aloud from a magazine that we got from Ethel. Went over to Ethel's this afternoon. She, Gurley, and Lillian are going to Texas tomorrow with Aura. We helped put a bit of their hexagon quilt together, then Francis and I baked them a devil's food cake. I wish Daddy would hurry up and get a job real quick. Mm. Hey, I wonder if it was as good as our devil's food cake. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what she's talking about, it was a disaster, but a good disaster. The best disaster I've ever great. tasted. Yeah. It was a disaster filled with confectioner sugar. It, <laughs> I just put that TikTok live on our Patreon for episode eight. Okay. So a ways back. Yeah. And I've never sat down and watched the whole thing, uh, yeah. but I at least want to like scrub through it to see when did I grab that sugar instead <laughs> yes. of the flour? What was ha- what distracted that me? That is correct. Because that's funny. That would be interesting. <laughs> what, was, what was going on what in was your going head on? when you poured that two cups three of three cups <laughs> instead of flour uh-huh confectionery sugar yeah so, and then go. we just went ahead and said well you might as well put flour in Screw there too it. you got to cook it yeah that was some damn put good the cake. icing in the cake nice and sweet but i feel like there was something oh yeah why are they going to texas i wonder girly and lillian are going to texas tomorrow oh, with aura so i right. wonder what's in texas Huh. And also coming up, I think in um, uh, maybe even in our next episode, uh-huh. she talks about some of the birds going to Florida. Really? I'm like, what? How? That's a huge trip. That's a re- for what reason? <laughs> yeah, I can only assume reason? farming. Yeah. But then remember, or, um, Doyne Caps yeah. Yeah. will end up living in Florida. Hang- Oh, Remember, does he? Because they call him Doyne Red because right. he had red hair. Yeah. So there, maybe there's got to okay. be some kind of family. Interesting. I just think it's weird that these people, some went to Florida, some went to California. It is weird. I, yeah, almost more than stayed put. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I learned the other day that Memphis is the center of the country when it comes to population. In other words, if I forgot what the word is, but uh-huh. if you... Like per capita? bullseye around the country and went inward, everywhere would lead to Memphis. Oh, how interesting. Right. And that's why FedEx has their distribution center there. How interesting. It's the middle of the country, not per capita, but like whatever. I I get what you mean geographically, I guess. I mean, just inevitably. Oh, isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. Well, that would make a lot of sense why Uncle Clyde's going to Memphis. Dad's always going to Memphis looking for work. Hey, St. Jude's Hospital is in Memphis. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. I, Memphis is pretty cool. I've yeah, been there cool. once. It's kind of a fun cosmopolitan little southernish yeah. town. Elvis, of course. Elvis. Graceland. Yeah. And we're talking <laughs> maybe an hour from step. No, I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh. Two hours, something like I that. I don't know what it would be it's back near, then. Right, not back then. I but it know. wasn't that far. It's right on the border yeah. is what I'm getting at. It's right there, Arkansas yeah. and Tennessee. Because sometimes when we talk about flying over there to go mm-hmm. rent a car and yeah. drive around, we talk about flying into Memphis because Memphis is right, cool. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that'd so be But fun. now that we've seen Jefferson City, that would be cool. That too. would be cool. I just like direct flights. I understand. So if we don't have Let's to change do a plane, I don't give a dang where it takes okay. us. <laughs> That's how we're okay. going. That'll be fun. Yeah, so Texas and Devil's Food Cake, I don't know. All right. September 8th, 1932. Carnell and Ruby came over and invited Francis and me to go on a picnic Sunday with a bunch of kids. I'm going with Henley Caps, and Francis is going with Boyce Wood. Ironed down at Aunt Etta's after dinner, she was gone, and the whole country came to see her. I listened to them all talk. Helen came home. Francis and I read true stories aloud tonight. So I just mentioned Doyne. Uh, mm-hmm. Doyne and Henley are cousins. Henley Caps is going to be sticking around for a while. So we're not going to mm-hmm. dive into his backstory quite yet. But his father, Willard, owns mm-hmm. a farm just up on Step Rock Road. So he's not too far. In fact, on the map or on the census, mm-hmm. he's not far from the original Morris Hartzell homestead, farmstead at it's all. It's all right there. It's all right there. Yeah. So he's a neighbor, and we're going to be keeping our eye on him. And the same goes for Mr. Boyce Wood. What do you mean? Boyce sticks around dating oh. Francis right? for quite a while. Matter of fact, there was even a TikTok that we did where yeah. someone was like, Boyce is going to propose, Boyce yeah, is going to propose. Right, remember, yeah. So that'll be exciting to build up to. Let's see. Um, does she marry Boyce? Hmm. hmm. I don't know. It's a mystery. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> yes. September 11th, 1932. We went to the Christian Sunday School this morning. After dinner, Mildred, Francis, and I got the car, and we went to Searcy. Saw Tommy, flirted with some boys. A truckload of National Guards followed us. They were drunk. I drove home from Searcy. Francis had a date with Red, but he stood her up. That is all. Oh, you gotta love her. <laughs> that is all. That is all. <laughs> Period. But, but Francis not only yeah. is following in the tradition of having two boyfriends at one time, yes. Red and Boys, but is also getting stood up. Yeah, right. And, you know, somebody commented on our Facebook just today, like, Elizabeth sure gets stood up a lot. And I think it's true, but I also think it's because they didn't have telephones. Exactly. So no one could call last minute and go, I got a flat tire. That's right. Or my car won't start. Exactly. There's no way of letting somebody know. Right. So, yeah. Mm, Hard for us to think. I think, yeah, we're all giving these boys a harder time than maybe they actually deserve. Maybe. But maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I think True Stories is a magazine. Probably. I think. I didn't. I know I, she's reading I that wi- Woman's World magazine uh-huh. as well. Yeah. And I thought, that, but I think all like Reader's Digest type yes. had those. I, that was my favorite Me thing to read. Too. Stories in real life. Oh my God. <gasps> all of, yes. Because daddy was a I dentist. Can, so we got every magazine. Got all the, Even yeah. like 10 years after he died, we got every magazine published oh, in America, cool. delivered to the house. Sure. But my favorite. <laughs> and I remember there was this one story about a family with a baby and the baby got bitten by a rattlesnake uh-huh. and they had to like tie up the baby's leg and they're trying to get through the woods to get help to get to a hospital and someone like wow. you know an artist rendition of like this little chunky toddler <laughs> in diapers with this <laughs> the rope tied on its leg and i just thought that was the most exciting story uh-huh. ever uh-huh so uh-huh. yeah that was good stuff you were probably her age 
when you read it. Oh, my Elizabeth's God. Age. I was probably exactly her yeah. age, or maybe even younger. True stories. Yeah. Oh, I loved good old Reader's Digest. Reader's Digest. And all the jokes. Love it. Yes. They had I, the like, whole um, thing. That like whole Life magazine. in These United States was one. And one you was about the, the detail. I do. And one was about the military. Uh, it had C's. Hmm. Anyway, I'll remember it. Wow. But yeah. 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 Good old, love that. Love that stuff. September 12th, 1932. Francis and I went to town in the car. We rode up by the school. It was recess. Herschel came out and flagged us down, said he looked for me last night. Mildred told me he wanted me to go to school. I went this afternoon, went to class with Doris and Vita. Herschel wrote me a note. After school, we went riding, saw Tommy. He didn't talk. <laughs> so th- there's, this is so interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. so Herschel, we met him at the 4th of July party. Mm-hmm. Herschel Land ends yeah. up being his okay. name and he's sticking around for a little bit too yeah and i think we found out in the 1950s he's a like a car salesman or a car okay. mechanic you know so we yeah. know a little bit about his life but what is interesting is that she could just pop into school yeah right i mean she went to a class right, right. and that's nice that and they're like oh well hey little girl come on and sit does down that a lot that's neat yeah that is neat so good for it her i bet that back. felt good for yeah. her to be around the kids who didn't have to Right. Well, I guess a lot of these kids don't have to do anything right now. Just like her, mm-hmm. they're waiting for work. September 14th, 1932. Gurley and I went to school with Mildred this morning. Stayed in the study hall. Wrote notes to Herschel. We went uptown at recess and saw Jesse. Then went home. After dinner, we took the kids to school. Herschel talked to us and wanted us to stay for football games. We went home with Aura, and I received five letters from Frank... Bill, Lil, Jack, and Anne went to bed early. You go, girl. I love that she just sat in study hall, wrote notes to people. I know, yes. (laughs) But at least she's there in the environment. I think it's neat. I hope they stayed for the football game. But it is a total shame that she went to bed early that night because if she had stayed up a little later, there was a lunar eclipse. Really? And maybe she would have seen it. Wow. Isn't that fun? That is fun. I know. What I a love fun fact for September 14th, 1932. Specifically. Yeah. Cool. I just, yeah, I Google what happened in months and yeah. sometimes I put what happened in months in movies uh-huh. or in music or uh-huh. with actors. And I just try to find so, out. I mean, and so Luna. what a shame. She had, she would have had no idea. Yeah. That it was happening. Weird. And That's she just so went weird. to bed. So I wonder if the Myers had a musical and were like, oh my God, the moon's disappearing. What a great little <laughs> sub theme for a movie. I mean, oh. just I can just see that for you know? our for our Netflix. Yeah, season. yeah, yeah. One night she goes in the tent, and then exactly, and that's that exactly. episode ends. Yes, 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 yes. <sighs> right. It, it, so, the, the 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 movie is writing itself. Yes, that's mm-hmm. for sure. September sixteenth, nineteen thirty-two. Wrote to Bill this morning. Felt listless and cross all day. Made some fudge this afternoon. It wasn't any good. Heard some terrible news this afternoon. A 16-year-old hunt boy got killed when a gravel truck ran over him. Francis may get the school here in Step Rock. Here's hoping. Daddy has good prospects to get to move to Searcy. I can only hope and pray that we will. Uh, so, yeah, that's some terrible news. Mm-hmm. But I can't find the 16-year-old boy. Yeah. So I look up Hunt, Arkansas, yeah. and it kind of comes up as like a township now. I mean, you can find it in the in the census. Yeah. Do but you, it doesn't come up as a city. It says 16-year-old Hunt boy. I always thought she meant Hunter. 
like mm, a hunter. I think she meant like where he was from, oh, like a 16-year-old Pangburn boy. I Because she'll talk about like the Plainview kids. Yes. And there is you in, think it's, in the oh, census, you can find Hunt. Uh, I can't remember okay. what the county is, Arkansas. Oh, well, then there But you it go. doesn't exist as a city today. Interesting. So maybe it was okay. an area like... I don't know. So this was I tried real hard. I looked for every dead kid in Arkansas <laughs> in uh, on September 16th or right. 14th or September of 1932. Yeah, yeah. So that's really sad. Yeah, um, a gravel truck. I know. Mm. God, oh my they god. They were building a, roads, lots of yeah, gravel trucks around. Tragedy. No yeah, that poor little kid. But anyway, I thought this was a good place to wrap up the episode. She's listless. When the kid gets she's cross with a gravel truck. Everything's no. going wrong for her. Well, her dad can't get a job. Francis that. can't get a school. The fudge wasn't even yeah. any good. The little boy gets killed. Ex- yes. She just wants to go to school and have a life. And <sighs> I keep going. I, I keep my eyes on what's going on around the world. And I like to check out news articles from the time. Uh-huh. And on this day that she's going to bed, you know, all this tragedy is going on in the world. Uh-huh. An actress named Peg Entwistle, mm-hmm. who is a Broadway and film star, committed suicide. By jumping from the top of the H of the Hollywood sign in California. Weird. And I, when I read this in my little looking for fun facts, I'm like, I know this story because a ghost show went to the Hollywood sign once to see if she would talk to them. So that's what made it familiar to me. But Elizabeth loved movies. Yeah. And before movies, there were always newsreels and things. And I don't really, she doesn't get to go to movies a whole lot in this uh-huh. Year, uh-huh. but I wonder if she would have heard about it in her magazines I'll that are bet coming out. We're coming out. She, later. Um, she'll yeah. Peg Entwistle will get found a couple of days later, and her suicide note was in her purse, and she wrote something like, "Things would have been better if I'd done this so long ago, and I'm so sorry, and I, oh I'm so sorry God. I inconvenienced people, and Oy. she was having a." A bad day. Yikes. So this is a bad news <laughs> episode. So <laughs> maybe Francis will get a job. Maybe Dad will get a job. But by in the next episode, Elizabeth and her family are back in the fields picking cotton. Mm-hmm. The fish are jumping and the cotton is high. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going on. And no s- chance of school when there is cotton to be picked. Yeah. So that's where we're wrapping up episode what is this 10 How cool I what know, a great I episode know. thank the, you oh yeah this was a fun one. Oh, just next episode's going to be so much fun yeah i've already got it ready to go it's exciting so many okay. new things are, are happening and she's a busy little girl yeah so if you're enjoying this podcast enjoy our facebook and our instagram and totally. our tiktok everything is my grandma's diaries if you have any questions for us uh, reach out dm us on any of those platforms mm-hmm. if you work in a library in this part of the world and you've got some spare time or you just have some spare time and love libraries let's we need some research done so maybe you can stop by and i can uh, give you some dates <laughs> yeah, right. and some things i'm looking for in newspapers or if you want to go to old deed records and look at plats and mortgages and deeds i would uh, if i could do it myself i would but i can't i'm not there think this is episode 10 yes i guess this is a big milestone yeah you know 10 it is. of them and and we're doing great. We're, we're doing great. I mean, we're getting a lot of listeners. Yeah. I wish all of them would write reviews, but that's okay. I know you're busy, we'll, but do it anyway. We'll, we'll get them. <laughs> yeah, we'll get them. But we uh, have the numbers are just growing and growing. We million followers. We you, do. Yeah. And you know what? That's not including the podcast because they uh, could be a lot of crossovers. Uh, yeah. But we have had somebody reached out to me on Facebook who's in like a club where you're um, trying to motivate yourself to go for walks or runs. Okay. So everyone's recommending podcasts. Yes. And someone was like, I found you because you were recommended. Really? on that Facebook group. Really? Mm-hmm. 
We're, so I someone had it. found us and it's like, walk to this. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, walk And if to you're walking this. right now, breathe, walk, breathe, walk. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, we'll see you um, next Tuesday on My Grandma's Diaries. Ciao. Bye-bye.